Okay, check one on the mic. Check one, check two. Section five. What's your read? Section five, section two. Section two, we are live. Coming to you live from Shorewood, Wisconsin. W106. Sorry, I have no idea what to do. Okay. Boker Tove, as they say. Good morning. Good to be with you all. Can you hear me okay? This is a this is kind of a a volume check here, like Eva, your table can is this okay? This is this alright? Okay. Just let me know. Is it softer? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lane. Um good to be with you this morning. We're gonna cruise along in Genesis chapter twenty-nine is on the docket today, chapter 29. This is Rachel and Leah, not Princess Leah, but Leah and Rachel, Rachel and Leah. We'll say some introductory words about that very soon, but first please join me in a word of prayer. We pray, O Lord, we pray that your grace may always go before us and follow after us, that we may continually be given to all good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Okay, last time, chapter 28 was Bethel. Jacob's Ladder, we usually call that. The kiddos' books has that, right? The Jacob's Ladder. This is none other. This is where we left Jacob. So we have the whole deception business. Remember that in chapter 27. Isaac is blind. And we have the deception there. Jacob and Esau. Jacob, the deceiver, gets the blessing. And then in 28, he's on the run. And that's where we had the Bethel. Uh, so Rebecca says, you better go to my, my brother Laban. And this was last week. He's on the run. He's going to uh, hang out with Laban for a while. And then on the way, he has this encounter at, uh, at Bethel with the ladder. Okay. In so many ways, we're seeing these deja vus again and again in Genesis. I probably mentioned this once, but it's worth repeating. Genesis operates in cycles. Um, I think you could almost compare it to the book of Revelation in these ways. Genesis gives you a cycle of something and then it advances. It's like there's a cyclical thing going on and there's also some linear progression going on at the same time. So if I had a whiteboard, I'd probably do something like this. You know, you have a cycle of, let's say, Genesis 1, 2, 3, and 4. How did sin happen and what does it lead to? Oh my goodness, Cain and Abel, true church, false church. We talked about this. And then what happens? We're moving forward now at a global scale. Chapter 6, for example, sons of men, daughters of, sons of God, daughters of men. Well, how is six best understood? Well, in light of three. Okay, and then we move forward. We have the flood. And then what's Noah doing? Oh, no, drunkenness and so on. He's asleep. And there's all kinds of sin there as well. What does that bring to mind? Well, some, you know, falling asleep again, chapter three. And some of chapter six. And then what? Oh, we're moving forward. We're moving forward into Abraham. What does Abraham have? Well, a whole bunch of things that will get recycled, as it were, reproduced in later generations. So he has a call, but what does he do? He's on the run, and he has to do the whole, like, wife-sister thing, right? And even within Abraham's own life, he does that a couple times, right? And then what happens? We have um, Isaac coming along. What does he have to do? The wife-sister thing as well. 
and we have what? Oh, the wells. We're fighting for, those were introduced in Abraham's cycle, the, the, the Hagar. What's the significance of a well in Genesis? And then that's rehearsed uh, in its own distinct way for Abimelech. Abe has his Abimelech. Isaac will then therefore have wells, and he'll have his Abimelech as well. Okay, and then we go to, we go to Jacob. Okay, and Jacob will have, oh my, we'll have, we'll see here Rachel and Leah. Okay, is this another Sarah Hagar thing all over again? We'll have wells here and so on. Part of the reason I do this is to make the case that these chapters, especially as you get to the later parts of Genesis, these chapters are designed to be heard in, uh, with and under earlier chapters. That's how they're best understood. Otherwise, if you just take them as a one-shot deal, it can be, it can be kind of difficult. Um, I think that's why we get so many problems with um, certain chapters in Genesis. They're heard unto themselves. And um, this is starting, especially when you get into the later 20s and early 30s, Jacob. And then I would say this also for Joseph, but that's kind of a story for another time. These are all, you might say, participating in, generated by the same word pressing forward to accomplish all of God's wonderful purposes. Okay, so that is going to, I'm saying that now because it's going to come into play, especially here in chapter 29, um, when Jacob goes on his journey. This is also the case for the word's influence on these individual patriarchs. We saw this a little bit with, with uh, Isaac most recently. They might have some flaws, but it's that same word that transforms them in ways. It, it works on them too. Some of you are saying, hey, you're kind of hard on Isaac last time, and that's true. But the point is to make the gospel even sweeter. And that is, Isaac was blind. He's groping around like a blind Israel throughout the ages. Okay, And what happens? Well, another word goes forth. It's really the same, another installment of the same word. And that word has an effect on Isaac. Even the word that was spoken through himself is working on him. Another install, And so he goes from after the belly and blind to, I really got to live by that word. And thanks be to God, he spoke again, even, albeit through, through me, I've got to live by that. And then Genesis moves, moves forward. And we're going to see, that's why we, in, last week, Isaac is already what? He's already, you know what? The wife thing. You must not take a wife from the, from the Canaanite women and so on. He's already, everything has changed because of that word, Okay. And so that's also part of this whole, the patriarchs and the cycles here, whenever they, as it were, slip up or something seems a little messy, the same word endures forever, and it works on them, and things happen. Like Esau could have killed him. We have a repeat of the Cain. Well, not exactly. Esau could have killed him. He wanted to kill him. It could have been Cain killing Abel all over again, but he doesn't. In fact, he actually, you know what, is they're going to reconcile. Well, that didn't happen between Cain and Abel, but it is going to happen between Esau and Jacob. Okay, in fact, Esau even marries within um, like a much more kosher marriage, you might say. Esau sees that this doesn't please Isaac, his father, and he does something about it. He was the one that married the pagans, and it caused all sorts of heartache, violence to the soul and to the faith. But that same word... now. Is Esau, you know, what happened? What's this, this, this spiritual state right here? We talked about this last time. We can't say more than what we can say, but the word is having an effect as you move forward. 
Same thing in 29, and this is on Jacob here. We'll notice Jacob is, you might say, out of character, um, but it's on account of the good things of the Lord that he is this way. And I'll say more about that as we get into the text. So let's do this first. Um, yeah, first, I don't know, first eight verses first or what? Are, no, first three. Let's just take it in little chunks here. So take a look at chapter 29. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field. And behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it, for out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. It's an interesting intro to this. So Jacob is on the, on the go again, which is so... It's, um, it's a paradigm, it's a pattern throughout Genesis that God's people are always on the move. Especially when they're going out east, kind of picked on Isaac for not leaving the promised land. But Jacob is, he's got to go way up north. Okay, if we had that map, it'd be like way up, you know, way up to the ceiling. He's got to go way up north. And he, um, he lifts up his feet, kind of a, a unique, unusual expression. I think he's hightailing it out of here to go to the sons of the east. Um, God's people always in in exile, as it were, he sees what? He sees a well in the field. This is absolutely fantastic. And this is, again, why we have to read these chapters in light of earlier chapters. Genesis has well-established, <laughs> well-established, pun intended, it has well-established the fact that the well is, this is a mark of the church, this is the mark for God's people, this is salvation in the midst of the wilderness. When you see the well salvation happens. And he knows this. We know this as readers. Hagar lived, I mean, she was dead. She was good as done. But Hagar sticks by the well and she's, she's okay. All right? Abe fights over these things. Abimelech, we can get chummy for a while um, as long as the marks of the church are going forth, everything's being supported. But if you touch anything like that well, you're done. And so Abe fights for it. Same with with Isaac, we always have these wells as very central things of the Lord throughout Genesis. It's significant that Jacob sees it. He's in the midst of the, the exile that he's going through, and he looks at the well, and that's what captures his attention. I think this is actually what transforms him in this chapter. Why? Well, he sees it in a field. Now, of the brothers, which of the two is a man of the, of the field? Esau or Jacob? Esau or Jacob? Who's the one? Esau. Not anymore. Not after the well has an effect on Jacob. This whole chapter, by the way, he's going to act like a beast. He's going to go into beast mode, maybe we should say. <laughs> and that is, he's going to start, this is what happens in Genesis, and this is when the word has, has its effect. The things of the Lord change people. It happens to Jacob from here on out. He starts acting like Esau. I thought it was just the Esau's a quiet, Esau's the hunter, but Jacob's a quiet man, dwelling in tents. He's got the contemplative life. He's not doing much. Not anymore. He's in exile. What are you going to depend on? Your own strength, your own reason, your own senses, your wallet, whatever it is. He sees the well, it changes everything. The field is a reference to this. This Jacob is not a man of the field, that's Esau. Now he is. He sees the well. And it captivates him. 
And throughout this whole chapter, he turns into, he turns into a man of the field. He turns into this, this Esau. So it's not just saying, Genesis isn't just saying, well, you have to, it's either this or that as far as you have to either be, you have to stay at home, dwell in the tents, um, totally passive, or you're active. It's not a dichotomy in that way. That's a false dichotomy. It's when and where to dwell and receive the good things of the Lord, and it's when and where to be active and, as it were, uh, put on display the fruits of the Spirit, the good works that flow from faith, just like the colic prayed so earnestly for in the divine service. Okay? So he sees this well in the field. Three flocks, you know, if you're in the early church, what's the three flocks? Oh, man, sign of the Trinity. Well, here's how I think about these three flocks. I think, again, Genesis helps us out. You have, to, you have to watch how Genesis uses threes. For example, lots of three days stuff, Joseph narrative and so on. But you also have to remember, like preceding this, three sons of Noah, and from them all the families of the earth will be dispersed. We have groups of threes. And to oversimplify it, it would be like Jew, Gentile, and the ones who continue to resist. This has just been confirmed in all these cycles. That's the three groups. You can see it in Sarah, Hagar, and all the Esau's who reject the thing. That's just kind of how Genesis works. You always have three groups of people. One is, we've been in the tents the whole time. The other is grafted in, and the other is, we don't want anything to do with that. That's just the history of the, of the world. And Genesis paints that out. Three flocks, I think... Um, carry forward this kind of threefold thing. We have three flocks of sheep lying down by the well. It's from that well they're watered, all the flocks. The stone is very large at the well. Where was the last time we saw the stone? That was just not too long ago, wasn't it? At Bethel, okay? So Bethel is, he has this stone. Too much attention on that stone, wasn't it? Lots of attention on the stone. In Bethel, it was... This is the place of the Lord. The stone was even christened, wasn't it? I think pastor said that word. That's what it means to Christian the thing. Um, so the stone is very significant in the previous chapter. Here we have a lot of attention on this stone also. It's very large. I mean, you almost get this guy, who will roll away the stone for us? <laughs> Does this all sound familiar? Who will roll away the stone for us? It's awfully large. Okay, and this stone, again, in Bethel, it was, the, the Lord is here. The Lord is present. This stone is what I'll dump oil on, and this will be a special, special place. The language of place is also used quite a bit in this chapter. So we're being cued in here as readers. Something, what's, something very special with this, with this stone. It was in the previous chapter. What's going to be special about this stone? Okay, three is kind of parenthetical. When they're gathered there, that is all the flocks, they roll the stone from the mouth of the well, and they water the flock, and then they return the stone into the mouth of the well uh, to its place. We're going to see the role of custom in this chapter. I think this is one aspect of it. I think this is one custom he's running into. This is how we've always done things. The flocks are sitting there. Nobody's watering them, but we wait until all of the flocks are gathered, and then there's this they that roll this, that roll this uh, stone away, okay? 
and then return it back to its place. We're going to see later on, too, Laban's going to appeal to a custom. This is how we do things. And it's interesting, sometimes Jacob is like, I don't care what your custom is. And at other times he's going to abide by it. And we'll talk about that more as we go along. But just keep this in mind, okay? Um, verse 4, or questions, comments? Just stop me at any point. Let me make sure I don't miss anything. Yeah, go ahead. So just, just so we're understanding this rightly, that already in Genesis you have the grafting in of the Gentiles. So you have the Jews grafting into the Gentiles in right. the world. Right, okay. right, right. Absolutely. That just seems to be... That just seems to be, yeah, foundational for the whole book. Because you absolutely, I mean, just it reminds me of uh, reading through the Gospel of Matthew in the same way, that you absolutely get those three groups yeah. Um, yeah. really clearly. Spoken. You do. And just because you're an Israelite doesn't mean you're, right, staying in the first group. Oh, by, is it by blood? You know, is that how we, you know, that's the issue, right? Genesis does the same thing. Well, I'm a son of, I'm a son of Isaac, so I'm good, right? Um, well, there are many Ishmaelites that are entering into the kingdom of God before you, buddy. You know, that kind of thing. That's all in Genesis, all as you go along. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so keep this in mind, this whole, this is how we do things with this stone. Because I, I just, th I'm, there's a way to see what Jacob is doing with this stone, and I'm just not, I'm still not convinced that's what's going on. You can push me over the edge, I guess. <laughs> so let me move forward a little bit more. I'll say what I mean by that. Verses 4 to 8, Jacob says to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, is it well with him? They said, it is well, and see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together, water the sheep, and go pasture them. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. Okay? So he asked them, this is, I think, a little bit more than just kind of, you know, get to know you kind of questions. I guess, I mean, it's, he's getting to know them, but this is, these are strategic, aren't they? He says to them, okay, my brothers, so that's a confession. Um, the language of brother throughout this, we are brothers somehow. Jacob already confesses that, even though there's some more details to work out. My brothers, from where are you? Location's kind of big. Um, we'll see this in Genesis. It's Tower of Babel is just a bunch of anonymous from the east. Okay, well, we don't know them, and maybe we aren't supposed to know them. They just, maybe the point is elsewhere. Um, sometimes Genesis really focuses on where are you from? Because it's indicative of, okay, um, how God is going to work for his people in a particular situation, like it is here. They say we're from Haran. Now that helps, because that's where, that's where Jacob is heading, right? This is, okay, so you guys are actually from the place I'm going, which means they're kind of in exile, too. What are you guys doing down here? <laughs> I mean, that would be my question. What are you doing down here? Um, but even more important is we are from the place to which you are going. Okay, that's okay. So, like, if you, if you have boxes to check, Jacob is are you just anonymous? Are you like the people of Genesis 11 that build the tower and I don't really need to know who you are? No, you're actually from the place where I'm going. 
Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to do some follow-up here then. Do you know Laban, the bishop of the place? <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know, we're narrowing down a church body first and then bishop or something. Do you know Laban? Yes, and then, because he see again, we're already told that Jacob is, has identified a well. I mean, this is just how we're supposed to live, right? We're, on the, we're in the exile of this world, and he lives and he sees the well. It's like a church that, you know, you put the baptismal font up front, like, keep your eyes on the well, especially when you're in the, 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 the exiles, the wilderness of the world, no matter what's going on. Keep your eyes on the well. So he sees that. He also sees that the flock is, is not being watered. The three flocks are not being watered. Okay, so these questions, I think, have everything to do with that. Where are you from? Because maybe you're not watering the flock for a reason I don't really realize. Okay, is there some sort of, we're from Haran. You are. You know, we know Laban. You do. Is he feeling okay? <laughs> they ask him, um, yeah, so are you Lutheran? We are. Um, do you know President Matthew Harrison? They say, we know him. And in verse 6, is he feeling okay? Because the flock's not being watered. Is he feeling okay? Is there peace to him, literally? And they said, shalom. <laughs> He's fine. Okay, then we have an issue, because the flock's not being watered. Okay? We're all Lutheran here. You know Harrison. These are the marks of the church. The flock's not being watered. Huge problems. Okay? Huge problems. And behold, Rachel... His daughter coming with the flock. She's a deaconess. Uh, <laughs> shepherdess. It's actually the only time in the Bible I think you get the... Where's my... Where's Joe? Here you go. Joe and Peter. This is a feminine participle for ro-ah. Yep. Women's ordination started early. Okay. What are we doing here? <laughs> You gotta sort these things out. One thing that strikes me is here's another for the she comes with the flock, definite article. It's not her flock, it's her dad's flock. Okay? So it's not her flock. That's made very clear, repeated. It's not her flock. But she does come with it now again. Now again, okay? Jacob's supposed to be the quiet guy dwelling in tents. All of a sudden he's I mean, yeah, he's kind of in a bad spot too, but he's he's in the field. He's gonna He's going to take matters into his own hands and so on. Rachel is what? Is she the older or the younger? She's also the younger, isn't she? I'm sure she's down, uh, down in the tents, just living the contemplative life, as they say in the medieval times, right? Um, no, she's actually very, she's kind of like Rebecca. In fact, I think one of the biggest, the most helpful chapter of Genesis to understand 29 is 24. We will see in this chapter, Jacob and Rachel both are acting like Mama Rebecca. Okay? And that's a good thing, because Rebecca puts on display who Abraham is in ways that Isaac doesn't at all. Okay? And so Rebecca is kind of like in the background here. Remember what happened there? Rachel is with the flock, Jacob is concerned with watering the flock. He says, it's still the great day. It is high noon. We must work the works of him while it is still day. Sorry, I'm throwing that in there, but 
We must work the works of him while it is still day. It's still a great day. It is not time to gather the livestock. Um, make that flock drink and go and shepherd. And they said, it's not, we're not able until all the flocks are gathered. And then they roll the stone from the mouth of the well. And then we water the flock. I think they don't, notice how they don't say we're not able to until we have enough manpower. I think that's the issue. The usual understanding here is that then Jacob goes into um, beast mode. <laughs> Herculean strength. And... You know, it's this heroic thing, um, Incredible Hulk style. I think it's a matter of custom that Jacob sees as interfering with the watering of the flock. I think that's what's going on. He sees, well, so while he's still speaking with him, all this language is again echoing chapter 24, while the servant of Abraham was still speaking with him, Whoa, while, while he was still praying, then what happens? Rachel is coming with the flock, flock of her father, for she is this deaconess, shepherdess. And uh, when Jacob sees, this is verse 10, Rachel, the daughter of Laban, brother of his mama, we already know this as readers, why are you saying brother of his mother? And the flock, so he sees both Rachel and the flock, of Laban, this is still verse 10, brother of his mother, notice it's repeated, not necessary, is it? He draws near, rolls away the stone from the mouth of the well, and gives to drink the flock of Laban, brother of his mother. I think the issue here is not so much how strong is Jacob. I, Luther, every, a lot of people fall into this, and I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I suppose you could say something and say, well, it's like Peter in John ch chapter 21 with the catch of fish or something. Maybe there's something supernatural going on, but I don't think that's the main point. I think the main point is this is the way we do things. We're going to see this with Laban too. He says it explicitly later on. I think the first and second half go together in this way. This is how we do things. It's our custom. We wait. And Jacob says, no, the flock needs to be watered. Something's getting in the way of nourishing the flock. And he doesn't let that custom get in, into the way. And so he goes into Rebecca mode here. This is exactly all, this is the kind of Rebecca thing. And that's why I think three times in the same verse we have reference to his mama, reference to brother of his mother. Um, I think the issue throughout this chapter is who's being most like Rebecca? Again, the cycles of Genesis. Rebecca was what? She was absolutely aggressive when it came to watering the flock. Oh, oh, let me water your, you have camels? Too? I'll water the camels. I'll get whatever you have. Okay. Jacob, I think, puts that on display here. You have a custom. I'm going to make sure this flock is, is taken care of. And in doing this, I think he's, he's very much like, like Rebecca. I'm going to say a lot more there, but let me pause for questions, comments. Go ahead there, Mr. Botts. Uh, so I came in late, but um, are, are we to make anything of this business of stones being rolled away? Um, we obviously find that elsewhere. In the we sure do, yeah. It's a pretty big one, it seems like. Yeah, I think, I mean, 
the stone in 28 is, is all about the presence of the Lord. I think the stone being associated with this well is this is where the Lord is present in the wilderness, and Jacob knows it. It's the well. And that well, well, it has a stone, and Jacob's the one that rolls it away. That's where the life is in the midst of death. And, of course, when you get into the Gospels, who will roll away the stone from us and so on? We're surrounded by death, and uh, as we heard in the sermon today too, right? Surrounded by death, and here comes the procession of life. Um, so I think the stone is, yeah, I think the reason why all this attention is on the stone in both places is this is, this is God's presence in the midst of death. And the same will be true in the resurrection accounts. Dark and all this, you know, everything's procession of death, procession of life. Maybe this is also a theme to the Gospel of John, that Jesus is the source of living water. Yeah, that's right. Jacob's well. Jacob's well. The whole thing has a marital... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, just yeah. John Ford, just speaking with the woman. Yeah, woman at the well. Do you know where Jacob's well is, right? Why is Jacob's well? So why is all the marriage talk associated with the well? Of course, Jacob's going to get... We're going to get a marriage. We're going to get... Wait, two wives? How's this work? But nonetheless, yeah. Woman at the well in John 4. How do you enter into the marriage that we all need, the living water that Jesus provides? He's the source of this ongoing wellspring of salvation. Absolutely. Which is just also to say that your, your reading of the well being liturgical presence of God yes. I mean, it's just very helpful. The New Testament's doing the same thing. Same thing. thing. Yeah, same thing. In the, yeah, that's right. John 4, if this is all kind of like, no, I don't know about this. It's just a well. It's nothing. It was not nothing in John 4. Not at all. Yeah. So he kisses her <laughs> before introducing himself. Um, last night we're watching, it was NC State and Clemson, I think, was a game. If you, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV in general, I don't watch a lot of... Sometimes I like to have like a football game or a basketball game on the background. If the boys come into the room and they always ask, which team are we cheering for? They want me to tell... So then they can, whatever, they'll get behind it. They, well, is it red or is it orange? Just give us a color. We can all get behind that. <laughs> well, NC State's in Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I met Clea down there. So I said, well, you, this time, I'm not going to leave it to you. I'm going to say we're rooting for the red. Okay. Why is that? Well, I met, I met your mother down in North Carolina. That's where that, that NC State's, Raleigh, North Carolina. And don't tell him I said Zeph. It's my seven-year-old. Zeph says, is this being recorded? Yeah, it's being recorded. <laughs> Zeph says, you see seven-year-old kind of, he's saying future, you guys are going to get married, but you're meeting for the first time. In the, so how does that go together? And he asked me, after a couple, he had to think about it. He formulates his question and it is, how did that, did you just like get closer and closer and closer <laughs> and then kiss her? <laughs> Seven-year-old wheels, they're turning, they're turning. Like you're going to get married, but the first that you haven't met, <laughs> whammo. Pretty close, Seth. It's pretty close. <laughs> um, well, Jacob does <laughs> in chapter. <coughs> excuse me. In chapter twelve, or in verse twelve, he kisses her. That is Jacob. He kisses. He kisses Rachel, and he lifts up his voice and he weeps. And then he tells her who he is. 
Now, I think he's weeping because he's empty-handed. Again, in 24, what happened? Abraham's servant has all kinds of goods. Abraham's servant has, he's got camels, he's got gifts, he's got rings, he's got bracelets, he's got gold, I think he even doesn't need garments, ornaments. He's got everything in chapter 24. That's when, okay, we need a wife. I've got all kinds of stuff, all right? He brings all this. Jacob's on the run, he doesn't have a penny. He doesn't have anything. I think that's why he cries. I think he realizes there's been a lot of talk about why is he weeping? Oh, he's so madly in love. He can't control himself and all this. I think he's empty-handed. He doesn't have what we had in chapter 24. And what is he going to fall into? He's a prodigal right now. He's a prodigal. Maybe I'll work my way to this marriage. Maybe I'll work my way back to the top. Maybe I'll work my way with Laban. He doesn't have anything. But he declares to Rachel, this is verse 12, um, I'm a brother of your father and uh, son of Rebekah. She's even named here. I think that's absolutely key. The naming of Rebekah at, at this point. She runs and tells her father. This is, again, she's, they're both acting like Rebekah. This is why we're thinking chapter 24 and why we have to have these, these chapters fresh in mind. Okay, um, As Laban heard... The report of Jacob, uh, yeah, from the son of his sister, he runs to meet him and to embrace him and to kiss him. I think the order is reversed because I think he, I think he's greedy. I think Laban, I think Laban is anxious to know what he's going to get out of this. The rabbis love this part of the sequence between meeting and then encountering and then <laughs> kissing because they're like, Laban's, he's dirty. And what he's doing is he's wondering what he's going to get at. Remember in 24, what happened? Camels, gold, silver, ornaments, garments, all these things. Laban runs for a different reason. I think Laban runs. He wants to know what he's going to get out of this. And we'll see this. I mean, he's going to introduce, Laban's going to introduce works righteousness into this whole thing. I think that's absolutely key. Laban Laban's a heretical bishop, and he goes after him. He embraces, because the, the rabbis were, the, there's, I love the, the rabbinic stuff, because it's so wild, but sometimes it's kind of intriguing. And um, I remember Rashi on this, where he's like, well, he, he runs to meet him to see if there's anything, you know. <laughs> Patting him down! He's pat. oh, good to see ya! <laughs> oh, good to see ya, man, good to see ya! Good to see you. And then what was the next thing? Embracing. Hey, good to see you. Hey. And then what? The kiss. Hey, hey, that's great. Is that a gold tooth in there? <laughs> Laban. Um, Jacob, you know, in 24, the word was good enough, it seemed. Well, I mean, there was, there was, there was material stuff involved. But in 24... The servant tells the household what the deal is. Abe is my master. This is, I prayed to the Lord. I worshiped because he gave me this sign with Rebecca and watering and so on. And then they recount that to Laban in 24. And Laban says, it's from the Lord. 
we got to let it be. Okay? Now, Jacob doesn't do that. Jacob doesn't have this whole big song and dance about, well, you know, he worships when he saw the, you know, this whole thing. He, he's feeding the flock, and there's other things being emphasized here. But he does recount to Laban everything that's, this is in verse, what is it, 13. He recounts to Laban all the stuff, all these words. Laban says, you're my bone and my flesh. Uh, yeah, are you? And he stayed with him a month of days. Now, again, we're already starting to see a contrast with 24. Laban and his dad, Bethuel, say, this is from the Lord. And remember, that servant was, was so concerned about, what if they don't give me Rebekah? It was only a matter of willingness. That's all it was. That's all it was. Okay? Suppose she doesn't want to come with me. And then Abe says, you're freed from the oath. That's all it is. There was no concern about, suppose they want me to work for 14 years. It wasn't that. It was a matter of willingness. Are you willing to go with this, with this man? They even tempted her to, Laban, Laban tempted her to stick around a little longer. No, give us at least 10 more days. He's the one that was tempting. And Rebecca says, no, I'm going. I am going, okay? And he let it be. Here, though, Laban is going to try another level, okay? We already saw a little glimpse of, like, Laban... What are you doing trying to prolong this thing? Are you hoping to get more out of this arrangement? Okay. But it only came down to the willingness thing. If they won't give her, that's the language in 24, if they won't give her to you, you're free from the oath, let it be. And Rebecca decides to go. Okay, and there's prayer, and it's all about the Lord's steadfast love, and so on. It's the Lord that makes this prosperous. That's very clear in 24. In 29, it's what? Laban says, what? will your wages be? Laban says to Jacob, I'm, uh, if you are my brother, will you serve me for nothing, out of favor? Tell me, what will your wages be? Now, this is totally against the rules. <laughs> I think Laban introduces works righteousness into this whole thing and I think Jacob fell into it. I think this is like another one of these instances in, in Genesis where you have the, true, the two churches, as it were. Here's a church. He wants Rachel. Here's another church. It's Leah. And Laban wants to see what he can get out of this. And he introduces this, this scheme <laughs> of earning something. Okay, so what are your wages? Well, in Genesis, your wages are what? What's your reward? Same word. It's the Lord. What is my portion? In Genesis, when Abraham is struggling with what he's going through, fear not, I am your, same word, wages, but reward, usually we put it in English, okay? I am your reward. I'm your cash prize. I'm what you're after. It's the Lord himself. The Lord is my portion. That's, that's the response here. What's your wages? The Lord himself. That's the wages. That's what I get out of all this running around in exile. I'm sticking with the well. Okay. What's my reward for all of this? The Lord himself. That's what it was for Abe. That's what it should be for Jacob as well. But he entertains it. He entertains it. What's your wages? And he said, and now Laban, we're told, verse 16, two daughters, the greater is Leah, 
the name of the younger is Rachel, Rachel, which means you. It's like so fitting. Um, female sheep, right? The eyes of Leah were tender. I don't know exactly how best to do that. Tender in the sense of, we're just not told much about this. Tender in the sense of, are they youthful? Are they, we usually do weak, I guess, and are they worn down? She's the older, but are the eyes still okay? Tender in what sense? And Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance, okay? We're going to see this in Genesis with the women. Sarah's beautiful in form and appearance, and so on. So we have this kind of, again, the two women thing. All right? Here's the offer. By the way, Jacob is what? I promise everybody will serve you. And what does he say in response? Verse 18. Jacob loves Rachel. And he says, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your daughter, the younger one. Okay, and we know how this is going to happen. Wait, what's going to happen? Laban says, good. My giving uh, of her is good for you than it would be my giving of her to another man. So remain with me. So Jacob serves for Rachel seven years. And in, in his eyes, as but a, some days, one's days, a few days, out of his love for her, Jacob says, Give my wife, for the days are full, and, um, and yeah, these are, it's, it's time. So Laban gathers together the men of the place and makes a feast. And in the evening, you know how this story goes, he takes Leah, his daughter, brings her to him, he goes to her. And then, kind of a parenthesis, I guess, verse 24, Laban gives to her Zilpah, his maidservant, for Leah, his daughter, uh, for a maid. In the morning, behold, it was Leah, or she was Leah. And he said unto Laban, what is this you have done? Which is exactly Genesis for, oh no, okay, Garden of Eden, what have you done? Right? Um, the switch with Pharaoh. What is this you have done? Isaac, Abimelech, what have you done? Okay? And did not I serve you for Rachel, your daughter? Um, why have you deceived me? Let's stop there at verse 25. Okay? I think this is. The problem of Jacob. So Jacob is now what? He is gung-ho. He's like Esau. I thought he was the man in the tent. No, he's now in the field. He's fighting. He's doing the well thing. He's watering the flock. All this tradition. Nope. Rolled away. Water the flock. Laban introduces this business of wages. Jacob takes him up on it. Seven years is a ridiculously long time. Even slaves in the Old Testament, six years and let them go and so on. So I think the seven is to encompass, is to be just that, all-encompassing of all of your work, everything you've got. I'm the hardest worker ever. I will earn my way to Rachel. It will flop. It will absolutely flop. It will, be, it will flop as hard as, depart from me, I never knew you. 
never knew you. It won't work. It will not do for you. We're all in America, maybe especially workaholics and all this stuff. It won't do for you what you need it to do for you. It won't. It'll come up short. And I think that's the point here. Jacob is doing some wonderful things. He buys into the whole I will earn Rachel thing, and it totally flops. Now, that's just part one of this whole thing. It was not what he was hoping for. I'll work my butt. I think that's why you have the seven years. Everywhere in the Bible, you have the sevens. This is all-encompassing. Like Everything you can possibly imagine will fit into it. That's what sevens are in the Bible. Seven years for Rachel. I'll do it. I'll, bum, I'll work my tail off. It flops. He comes up short. So he gets Leah. And Laban, I mean, so in some ways, I mean, the Lord has a way of, when Israel goes astray, they get punished in, in a way that corresponds with the bed that they've made. Okay, so you want false idols? Have it your way for a while. Let me know how it goes. Jacob is deceiving. Well, how, how about being deceived, right? So there is some lex talionis, eye for an eye. Um, this is straight up out of Deuteronomy. This is how it'll go. Have it your way, O deceiver, and we'll see how it goes. Well, the pit that you've dug for another, you'll fall into yourself. The psalmists do, they do this a lot, okay? So he gets Leah. Laban takes advantage of the situation, which is how you can take advantage of people when it comes to works righteousness. It's very easy, okay? Um, so what does he do? Well, Laban defends this by custom, okay? Laban defends this by custom. Laban says it's not, um, what? It's not, it's not done thus. This is verse 26. It's not done thus in our place. Notice the plural now not speaking for himself. He's the bishop, and this is how we do things. It's not done in our place. Now, again, <laughs> Jacob himself, right? It's not done in our place to give the little before the firstborn. I think that sticks it to him especially because the word firstborn is exactly what, what Jacob used in order to deceive Isaac in 27. So it's not, we don't do it this way, okay? And this is exactly what, what did Jacob do? He said he was the firstborn, and so on. It's not, we don't do it this way. So fulfill another week, uh, which would be like another seven. We will, then we will give to you also this one for your work, um, which will do with me still another seven years after this one. Laban's clever in that, you know, he, he knows he loves Rachel, so he can get another seven out of them. What could Jacob have done at this point? No, 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 you gave me your word. <laughs> right? He could have fought it. He could have fought it and said, no, no, we had an agreement. Right? We had an agreement. And, but now, so the, what happened with Leah, though, is what? Well, we can't really, we had a feast, which would be like seven days, everybody's partying. I mean, the other thing, too, is Jacob didn't, Jacob didn't know it's as ridiculous as Isaac, is it not? Well, it sounds like, it sounds like them, but I just, the feeling and all that, right? It's kind of like, <laughs> I mean, again, the, the, there's this rabbinic thought of like, even when he was unsure, he was kind of like, Rachel, is that really you? And Leah was like, yes, as in what he did to, what he did to Isaac, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so anyway, yeah, he, so he, he didn't know. Is he as blind as his 
right? And I think this is all part of going with Laban's scheme here. I think it has blinded him, and it has shocked him, and he's fallen short, and now he's stuck because, well, this is in many ways irrevocable. We've got the marriage, we had the feast, we had the whole thing. Now it's consummated, now everything's okay. Laban knows that, but he also knows, well, you still love Rachel, so I can get another seven out of you. Now, Jacob could say, no deal, I want the one I worked for, and you have your word, and so on, because custom here has trumped the word. This is a big in Genesis also. When does custom trump the word? Well, it seemed like custom trumped the whole watering of the flock thing, and that's unacceptable. And here I think custom is trumping Laban from saying, you're right, I gave my word like Isaac gave the word and so on. That's how Genesis works. The word is not going to die. It presses on. He didn't do that. He actually says, fine, and he does another seven. Okay? Um, let me hear Dr. Lee and then go from there. Well, just to emphasize what you've been saying here, um, there's something also odd that Rebecca is always being mentioned, even though she's the daughter. Yeah, that's how right. How is it that Isaac's name has not come to our so how is it that they don't know about Isaac? So there's always this like association with Rebecca, but there's not this, you're coming from the household of Isaac, we respect that bishop to bishop. Yeah, that's this. right. And, and it's not that at all. They t- totally dismiss his, his authority. Right, right. Um, and whether the blessing is passed down to Jacob, and Jacob in his own right, even as Moses gets it, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I'm the God of... Yeah. And you don't get that here at all, so there's something already um, uh, where the word is already being dismissed and the promise is already being dismissed mm-hmm. from the get-go. Yeah, I think that, that works on a number of levels, doesn't it? This Rebecca thing, she's even mentioned, isn't she? She's the mother, 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 and so on, and even you even get her name here. And I don't know, I have to look, is there even any more reference to Rebecca after this? Maybe one, I can't remember, but you're right. I think one thing it does is links it to 24 because the contrasts are glaring between 24 and 29. The servant did what? He worships, he prays, this is all the Lord's doing. It's not me, it's not about what I can do to earn this woman, right? And that's our posture toward the church. You didn't earn the well, you didn't earn the, right, the sustaining of that faith, born in the well, and so on. So one thing it does, I think, is connects the two chapters, the Rebecca thing that Dr. Lane said. The other thing I think is, yeah, in Rebecca is what? There's more of, yeah, the Abrahamic posture and confession and so on in Rebecca than there ever was in Isaac. And sometimes that's just, I mean, but still the word presses on. Even when the bishop in that era of the church, I would say the bishop, that is Bishop Isaac, was, was a weak bishop. I think he was on the weaker side. And yet, again, sometimes you have to point that out to say the Lord still preserves his, his church. So everybody speaks in terms of Rebecca. They speak in terms of, of, um, of what? Of, of, <laughs> well, I mean, we have, we have instances, don't we, where it's kind of, you know, the church sometimes steps it up in ways when the clergy is not, is not real put together. And that doesn't mean there's some confusion there of what the office of the ministry is. It's just... Yeah, that, I take the point. It's a good one as far as the Rebecca emphasis on this. Um, go ahead, Dr. Did I see? Yeah, go ahead, Dr. V. 
Yeah, this is good. Love the question. Did you hear him okay over there? The second set of seven, I think, is most remarkable about the whole thing. And that is, he does it still. Evangelical penance, of course. <laughs> stick, with, stick with the word. I mean, that's what you could hold him to. So, no, you gave me your word, right? The first seven, that's on you, Jacob. I see it, it's on Jacob for the reasons I mentioned. The second seven is, you're going to bear with what? in order to have that bride, that church, you're going to bear with what? Things could be a lot easier, couldn't they? Right? I'm willing to bear with this for the sake of the, of the church. Does that sound familiar? You can do that on any level you want. You've got the family thing. I'm willing to bear with this for the sake of, for the, sake of the faith. I'm willing to bear in what? In friendships and education and everything, government or whatever it is, I'm willing to bear with what? For the sake of the church. It's an interesting critique, I think, of custom. Because what is he doing? He's abiding by the custom. The same custom that he just said, no way. When it came to the, the flock was not being watered. I don't care what customs you have in place. Water the flock. They need to be fed and nourished. That's a non-negotiable in the life of the church. The second, the first set of seven was, yeah, I think he absolutely fell into a trap of works righteousness and he got what he deserved. It came up short. It was a huge disappointment. The second set of seven is the great lengths at which Jacob is able to bear with one another, bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things for the sake of being with the church. It's pretty remarkable. Luther talks a lot about patience. I, he said, I never would have done that. <laughs> Jacob's crazy. I don't have that kind of patience. <laughs> um, he's got a point. Who would do that? Again, another seven, too. Oh, just a couple extra. No, another seven, as in this all-encompassing, whatever it is. So I think there's a both and. I think there's this, I think there's this watch out for the trap, but also this, this bearing with. What time do we have pastors in here? He's, lo he's looking at the clock. I better not push this in. Okay. Well, what should we do? Um, how about just real quickly, the kiddos that are in 29. They seemed in but a few days. That's what Rebecca said. They seemed in but a few days. Re return. Let's see. Jacob did so. We've got another servant. Um, he loved Rachel more than Leah. Served him another seven. This is how the Lord works, humbling and exalting, isn't it? Chapter 30, or verse 31, he sees that Leah was hated and he opens her womb. Now this is again Genesis and the cycles I talked about, right? Sarah's barren, but Hagar is fertile and so on, right? This whole, these reversals that take place have a way of goading God's people, you might say. Um, Jacob is as a kind of river. Isaac goes from belly to the to the word. Jacob used to be a tent dweller. Now he's out running around, and yet that can be overdone. Don't think when you're flipping the switch and being more like Esau that it's all about you and your work, because now it's caving in on itself. And now we got to go back to the. So Genesis has this book. It's this constant cycle. It's law and gospel, really. 
It's law and gospel embedded in the scriptures is what it is. And so it's cross and it's holding on to promise and so on. The Lord sees that Leah is hated. He opens her womb. Rachel is barren and 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 the thing carries on. So Leah conceives, let's just do this quickly because we're at time. Um, Reuben is the first. Why? Because he's seen my affliction. Notice what sense is used, first one up, seeing. In Genesis, oh boy. The one who has some weak eyes, tender eyes, names the first one after the Lord seeing something. Next one is what? Simeon. We get that from the word or the verb. To hear, that's the next sense, isn't it? Seeing first for Reuben's uh, hearing for Shimeon. Um, and then uh, she says, with Levi, now my husband will be attached to me or he will love me. And this is, again, the humbling and exalting. Will the love that Jacob had for Rachel just be a matter of, is it just a matter of procreation? Is it just a matter of having children? Will that do it? Right, this is another one of these things Genesis constantly keeps in check. It's a wonderful gift, children and marriage and so on. Is that just some sort of like automatic, here I'll have your kids and then I'll be loved? Is that how it works? Everything is always, it's a wonderful gift and its misuses are always kept in check as you go through. Now I have three sons, Levi, and the fourth one is Judah. Judah, and she ceased bearing after the fourth. Notice at the end, what does she stop with? Praise the Lord. <laughs> all the, the senses, the hearing, and the, you know, the seeing, and all these things. What's the, what does she end with? Praise the Lord. And she should, because those are, Levi and Judah, are, that's priesthood, monarchy. Like, from an unloved, unwanted woman, basically, is this what we get, what? The priesthood? The king of kings and lord of lords? Lots to be said, uh, for as we get more into the other 12, or to the, to the 12 sons. We'll do that next week, I guess. Closing thoughts, comments, questions, arguments before we, before we wrap it up. Yeah, please, go ahead. Good to have you. So, uh, Jacob had to wait. He didn't have to wait for seven years. He only had to wait one more week, and then he could It's a great, yeah, it's a great question. It's the word for week. In verse 27, are you? What do you have in English? It is the word for week. It means seven and usually used for seven days. So yeah, complete the week of this one. It's probably just another way of saying seven. Like complete another seven. Well, that's a good point too. The, the feast was a seven day feast. Complete the week of this one. I mean, literally, I'm looking at, yeah, complete the, what is it? Fill this week. Fill this week, and we will give also this for your work. You will do with me still another seven years. Oh yes, Rachel already. You're saying. Was his wife while he was serving. It's very possible that the that was already. 
done deal on the front end instead of on the on the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one's prorated. <coughs> it's a proleptic thing, you know, the money down, are you gonna need it? It's a great point. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's probably the case. In other words, it would just flow from complete the week, complete the seven, seven years. Yeah. 28 has the, so I mean, it's very clear that it's another seven years. So it is, it is kind of like, you know, Lutheran criticism of Roman Catholicism where you have to prepare to be justified. Yeah, this is well said. This is much better than what I was saying. Yeah, go ahead. Loud and proud, say it. <laughs> yes, this is exactly. You do works afterwards in order to stay saved. It's well said. So it's still by works, no matter which way you go. It's well said, yeah. It's like this, again, it's great, Jacob, you're more like Esau and so on, but it's the, where is the location for those good works? What are they, what's the source and what are they, where do they fit and all that? Again, what do we pray in the collect? You've, we pray that your grace may always go before and follow after us, that we may continually be given to all good works. I just was really struck by that this morning when I heard that. That's... Yeah, and that can totally be misarranged by Rome, by the Calvinists, and so on. It's well said. Thanks. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us safely to everlasting life. Amen. We'll do chapter 30 next week. More of these kiddos. And more Laban. Lots more Laban. John, how you doing?